This is Sailor. Welcome to another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. Well, hello, guys and ghouls. I guess I'm the only ghoul. <laughs> ghouls. See what I did there? Hello. <laughs> That's my creepy hello. <laughs> so good uh, to be here. <laughs> really good. That is good. Good job. I wish I had something like a witty Elvira comment to make, but I don't. Shit, I should have researched that. Work on your L.A. accent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's almost so, as good as your Aussie. As, <laughs> oh, my God. Did you not die laughing listening to the episode we did of Buckethead in Ecuador with, oh, my God, Ed, <laughs> I can't believe you held it together. He was, he it was, was hard. Read it was really Aussie hard. In Aussie, and Robin and I are sitting next to each other, and I couldn't, and Robin, like, wasn't sure if he should laugh, and I couldn't. We were trying so hard because I knew it would make Ed crack. And Rob and I couldn't even look at each other. I had to, like, turn away. I was, oh, my God, that was funny. So welcome, welcome, everybody. If you haven't guessed already, this is our Halloween episode. Woo! Mm. That's my ghost impression. <laughs> So, although it is a Halloween episode, we are still drinking, obviously. Metal rock and whiskey. And Della uh, drink. Ah, uh, yes. And we drink. Sometimes we drink profusely. Sometimes we drink profusely. But, um, yeah, let's just go around as we usually do and uh, find out what everyone has in their glass tonight. Who wants well, to start? I'll go ahead and start. We're right. talking about a, a very old um traditions here very old holiday and um so i've got a very old barton here and i'm drinking the um the 100 proof bottled in bond variety to be specific actually you know what i take that back it's 100 proof but it doesn't say bottled in bond anywhere on the bottle so i guess i can't call it bottled in bond it's just 100 proof you cannot Uh. Yes. Because I'm trying to think of which role it might be running afoul of. Um, the age on it, I'm assuming it's probably at least four years. Eight. It tastes like it's at least four years, but it's probably the single, what is it, the single um, grain, the single season, or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Or, or the warehouse it's aged in, too. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't bonded warehouse. Yeah. So it could be a couple. But regardless. Of 
it's it's one of my favorite value pours because a bottle of this I know I paid I think twenty five for it. Yeah, I, I know it goes for less good. than that in yeah. some places, but uh, yeah, it's still very good for 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 less than thirty bucks. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Sure. What about you, Matt? Well, speaking of value. And uh, Ed, you had posted something, I believe, on Instagram several weeks ago about this particular bottle. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I've seen that many times on the shelf. Let me go out and grab it. And, uh, you know, you're you're pretty spot on about it. And that's the Benchmark 8. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo Trace. Easy yeah. to overlook. Easy to yeah. overlook. Yeah. Nashville number yeah. one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, about $10.50, you know. Uh, and it's uh, it's quite good. I gotta, I gotta say, it's quite good. So um, you know, kudos to you, Ed, for bringing it back. Uh, bringing it back, yeah. Nice. Um, and I'm also drinking a beer. So I do have the uh, Stone Enter Night Pilsner, which is the Metallica beer. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, I thought it apropos since we're discussing, you know, Halloween and. People ghosts in rehab. And, ghosts and go. Oh, too soon. Sorry, was it too soon? It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a jerk. I, I don't mean to be. It's okay. You were just born that way. They be- they betrayed hey! you. It's okay to be <laughs> bitter. They betrayed. They told. See, yes. Matt understands. Yeah, it's uh, only been th- it's only been thirty years, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> Betrayal never dies. <laughs> Uh, so it's actually pretty. It's a pilsner, so it's nice and light, refreshing, kind of crisp. Um, but I'm nice enjoying light, it. Just like the band's new shit. <laughs> so I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. How's All your right. sailor? Well, um, I am drinking some Uncle Nearest because I'm home. Been home for a couple days now, and uh, been going through my collection. And uh, I had to have a little taste of, of now what's home for me, and that's the taste of my uncle nearest whiskey. And uh, I got to visit the distillery when I was in Tennessee, and um, I actually got to interview our founder, Fawn Weaver, for Pretty Good for a Girl. Nice. And um, I got to do um, a cocktail takeover night in person with Miss Kayla Cocktail. And uh, we also recorded some shows for Love on the Rocks, the cocktail podcast we have. And um, I'm going to put together a show about my experience uh, in Tennessee because it's about two stories of our American whiskey history coming together, which is really interesting. And um, it's, it's much broader of a topic than I could put into a quick little segment. So um, I'll pull that all together and uh, hang out with you guys one night and tell you the story and tell you what it was like um, to visit the gravesite of Jack Daniel and of Uncle Nearest, Nathan Green, and um, how these, the craziness of how these stories are connected, who our master distiller is, and um hanging out with Uncle Nearest's great-great-granddaughter and hearing her personal family stories and being physically on the Dan Call farm, drinking the water that was used to distill Jack Daniel um, at the time, standing there. The, the building doesn't exist anymore. It was torn down many, many years ago, but where Jack Daniel's was originally distilled, um, 
just really, really super cool. And then standing on the grounds of Uncle Nearest's new distillery where we've completed phase one, uh, which is our welcome center. And we are in the middle of phase two. Um, and just getting to stand there and listen to Sherry Moore, who is the former um, whiskey production manager for Jack Daniel and is now our master distiller. Um, a lot of people will uh, give the kudos to Marion Barnes and other such younger ladies for being the first American female master distillers. That is absolutely not nope. true. Sherry Moore is a freaking legend. She stood there and nerded out about wood, not even barrels yet, but just wood for about 30 minutes and we were just on components of wood yeah, yeah. and fawn had to drag her away and fawn was like i know y'all want to listen and we all of us it like broke our we were just mesmerized we're all like no <laughs> we're good to stand here in a thousand degree heat in this wooden shack and hear her talk about wood uh, I'm, I'm fine just i'll sit on the dirt floor and she's I'm talking about like cellulose and like, oh god you know, lignans her, yeah the way she discussed oh my god you just want to like poke a hose up to her brain and put it into your brain. It's just, oh my God, she's amazing. And I want to uh, say real quick though, is that in a marketplace that's filled with gimmicks of like gimmick stories and just gimmick brands and different gimmicks behind different bottles, um, there are super important stories that are not gimmicks. And Uncle Nearest is one of those. So uh, do yourself a favor um and you know research the brand research the history um and familiarize yourself with it because it's very very important i don't think any of us that work for uncle nearest would be working for the uh brand if it wasn't a real story because from what i learned meeting some of my other colleagues for the first time is i think everybody except for like three people in the company came begging to work for them Mm-hmm. so and i'm one of them I, yeah. I i was banging on fawn's door on facebook and finally <laughs> she was like okay okay send me your freaking resume fawn let me in <laughs> what well, apparently we all did yeah um and i i drove four hours to sit down for a 25 minute interview with my vp and drove four hours back so it was an eight hour drive for 20 minutes and i thought i was the only idiot weirdo that did that but apparently no there were other people that did mm-hmm. the same thing in the company so um the passion that we all have is because of this genuine story and this isn't the only story like this and of that's course. an yeah. important distinction that fawn makes all the time is they just haven't been uncovered yet mm-hmm. and hopefully that that will change if it's possible and she's helping to make that happen um you know the first, you know, it's just simply slave records. Were, we weren't naming these human beings, sadly. And so this this man happened to be put on a census by name. And that's really where it all begins. It's quite an anomaly. So, but a beautiful story. It was an incredible experience. I have so much to tell you guys about it and our listeners. And I want to share it all with you. But I want to make sure, because I, I get so excited about it. But also the story can sound very, very confusing because there are many parts interwoven. And I thought I knew all those, how these paths cross, but I didn't realize there were so many more until I got down there. Like Sherry Moore, who is our master distiller now, former (laughs) for Jack Daniel, her grandmother, yeah, her grandmother owned Miss Mary Bobo's which is the restaurant that used to be an inn, which is now owned by Jack Daniels, used to oh. be independent. 
I think I've eaten there. Yeah, you, if you've gone to the yeah, we went tour, to the story the tour. There. Yeah, we okay. went there afterwards. Yeah. So that's Sherry Moore's grandmother that owned that. Oh, so okay. the Greens have been eating there since the beginning, since she opened it, and I believe it was Lem Motlow that lived there because he didn't marry. I can't remember his story, but. The, the, the way it's all interconnected is bonkers. So it, it that's, it'll take an entire episode and just super cool. And I want to make sure I don't make it confusing or, you know, get so excited I'm leaving stuff out. So we'll, we'll revisit that for sure. For sure. Um, but tonight, I'm going to do something a little unprecedented here at Metal Rock and Whiskey. I'm going to talk about a cocktail instead of a whiskey pairing. Oh. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? Bring it on. I'm excited right. to hear this. Yep, I want to hear it. So it is officially party season in my world. This is when mixologists get hammered on the most because everyone wants to start having parties and they want cocktails or they want to hire you to make cocktails or you're rewriting new menus. So it's it's crazy season for cocktails starting now all the way up until after new year's um so i put together a special halloween themed cocktail called the black diablo (laughs) (laughs) so all right you guys so you might be serving this for a party or not. So I'm going to ask you guys to go a little above and beyond for the because it's going to be really fun and really cool if you guys do this recipe in its entirety. Is this one we can batch? This is one that you can batch. So, but let's start off talking about making the single drink. So the first thing I want you to do is find a chalice of your choosing. And I want you to put it in the freezer. So maybe you have some weird goblet that your grandma left you or you found one at a yard sale or you're going to be going to the dollar store or driving by one. Pop in there and they have those like ghetto ass wine glasses or margarita glasses. Chalice all the way. Think Halloween. You know, think all of that gothic shit. Those ugly ass margarita glasses are perfect for this. Um, Or just, yeah, some kind of big, I don't know. Chalice. Whatever cha- whatever you see. <laughs> yeah, whatever you see in your mind that says chalice. Because there isn't actually a chalice any of us can buy. But <laughs> you laugh. Wait till you see how many people are gonna be reaching out to me like, what's a fucking chalice? Does this look like a chalice? It happens every time. It's like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. Like exactly. those were all those were chalices. Those are chalices, yes. <laughs> actually, at the Halloween stores, they sell these oversized stem glasses with like skeleton hands on them and stuff use that that's perfect too just as long as it's not plastic um you you definitely want it to be glass or ceramic will do as well and you want to stick that in your freezer so let it be nice and chilled so then you're going to get yourself a bottle of really nice bourbon i would really love it if you would use something overproof so over like at least 100 or a little bit over if you don't have a high proof bourbon that's totally fine but it's going to be best for this recipe. Uh, And because this is a cocktail and you're going to have some dilution in here, um, you can go with a, with a 
uh, price savvy bourbon. So you could do an old granddad even, um, or Wild Turkey 101, something like that. That's that's um, really inexpensive. Or this very old Barton 100. Or the very old Barton, exactly. That would be perfect as well. So um, you're going to do an ounce and a half of your bourbon, and then you're going to do half an ounce of fresh lime juice. And I'd really like you to use fresh lime juice if you can and have the time. If not, and you purchase lime juice, please get natural and organic, not the concentrated stuff. It will taste a lot better. Limes are cheap anyway. There's no excuse for not having yeah, fresh I mean, lime juice. Yeah, and you have juice. a juicer or, you know... I mean, if you're making batching it for a party and you don't have a juicer, that could be that that can be asking a little too much to squeeze 50 limes for all of your guests. I get it. So you can get those nice big glass jars of the lime juice that's organic and natural, and that's perfectly fine. So um, there's this beautiful, beautiful liqueur out there called called Ancho Reyes. It is um, made from ancho chili. It is absolutely frigging delicious. And it is sweetened, so this is going to be your sweet component. Now, it's not going to be, it's not something that's going to be heat up front. So you may be thinking like, oh my God, we're using a high-proof bourbon and something made of chili? What the fuck, sailor? It's just kind of, you'll feel it on your lips tingle a little bit. You'll get it a little bit in the back end, but it's a nice, nice soft heat. But it has a beautiful earthy flavor to it. So I really want you to use that in this, and you're just going to use half an ounce of it. Then I'm going to ask you to buy a pack of activated charcoal capsules. Now, these are great to have on hand anyway. I don't know if you guys have ever heard me talk about my hangover cures. So in my house at all times, I have Pedialyte and I have charcoal capsules. Charcoal capsules are fan-friggin-tastic for hangovers. Really? Sure. Hmm. Charcoal is, what, what does charcoal do in whiskey? Why do we use charcoal filtration? It mellows it. <laughs> what else does it do? What else does charcoal do? Takes out impurities. Boom! Takes out impurities. Yep. So these charcoal capsules are sold to aid in digestion, to help if you have gas, things like that. So it's nothing that's going to hurt you. If you're not hungover, your stomach is fine, it's not going to do anything. Totally safe to use. I'm going to have you open up that capsule and do half a capsule for each cocktail. Um, and you can actually put it back together and save the other half. I do it all the time. So you're going to take a handful of ice and a cocktail shaker, and you're going to shake really, really well. And I want you to make sure that you're shaking until your shaker is too cold to hold on to, and it starts sweating on the outside. Because what we're doing is we're really emulsifying this lime juice and that ancho liqueur, because the ancho liqueur has a heavy viscosity to it. And we're making sure that we get all that charcoal incorporated. I don't want you to taste it. We're really using this for a wow factor. So as long as it's emulsified really well, it's not going to touch the flavor. So shake, shake, shake. And then you're going to take a strainer and you're going to strain it into your chilled chalice. Then you're going to take some ginger beer. And please use ginger beer, not ginger ale. They're two very different things. Oh, so different. And I want you to fill your glass with the ginger beer. So first, pour in, strain your cocktail, and then fill it the rest of the way with the ginger beer. And then you can just stir it gently. And as you start stirring it gently, something's going to happen. It's going to start to get foamy, and you're going to have a black cocktail. Ooh. 
what better than a black cocktail in a chilled chalice? And then you take a couple of those giant plastic day glow spiders and throw them on top. Question. Boom. Yes. Awesome. What ratio of bourbon to ancho chili liqueur would you recommend? You're doing one and a half ounces of bourbon and a half ounce of the chili liqueur. Okay. And so one very important note. So to garnish, the only thing you're using are those. You can use the snakes, the spiders, the whatever. But make sure, please, they're not black because people could drink them and choke on them. (laughs) Make sure they're the day glow ones, the opposite color of your cocktail. And make sure they're the giant ones. That way there's no chance, even if you don't see them, that you're going to swallow them. This is very, very important because if you're serving three and four cocktails to people and they start getting inebriating, inebriated, we don't want them choking on the garnish. That would suck. That's safety tip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please drink safely. Um, yes. <laughs> so that is the cocktail that I specifically created for this evening. And uh, it's very, very easy to make. Do you guys think you can make that easily? Oh, sure. I would love to try this. Yeah. Yeah. Tastes delicious. Not only does it look really cool, you're going to have this like foaming, frothy, black cocktail or chalice. So it looks like very Halloween-ish and spooky, but it tastes amazing. So if you want to keep making this after the holidays, same everything. Just don't put the capsule of charcoal in there and you've got a beautiful bourbon cocktail. You know, talking about those big plastic spiders, Matt, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this. Sailor, do you remember, remember they used to have those vending machines in like Kmart and stuff where they Mm -hmm. had the plastic bubbles? Remember those like, those like stinky ass, sticky spiders you would throw (laughs) in the go to the wall and they like crawl on the wall? Yeah, they kind of tumble over themselves. They stunk so bad. What the fuck were they I don't know why. That was a random thought you were talking about that. I just thought about those. (laughs) So, yeah, so any of those, you know, like you can go to the dollar store, the Halloween store, Walmart, whatever, any of those kind of things, you do whatever you want with the garnish and decor. That's where you get to have a lot of fun. Just like I said, make sure it's nothing that people can swallow. Um, All right. So I have another one that I want to give to you guys as well. And this one you can continue to make all the way up until Thanksgiving. And you could actually serve this at Thanksgiving as well but it's also a great Halloween cocktail and it's very easy to make. It's kind of almost a polar opposite of the other cocktail I gave you, the Black Diablo. Are you guys ready for another one? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You have your pen and paper? Mm-hmm. Okay. All this requires writing? All right. All right. Hold on. Oh, I guess I can email you the rest Come of on, that. Ed. Oh, Jesus. okay. You could do that. Okay. So this one is called the Pumpkin. This is a big fan favorite. I have been making this cocktail for about eight eight to nine years. Um, it's always a request, special request for people that would hire me for private cocktail parties. Um, this recipe has gone in two of my books. So big fan favorite. I don't think I've ever shared it on Metal Rock and Whiskey, so I wanted to pull this one out tonight. Um, and this is... The Black Diablo is probably not a cocktail that people who... We already know don't like whiskey will try this one you can serve to all your guests so um this one i'm going to make with rye whiskey uh so again you can use a budget friendly rye whiskey because there are a lot of ingredients in here um and sweeter ingredients that i don't want to say will hide the flavor but 
will soften the flavor of the whiskey. So go ahead and choose if you'd like to a more inexpensive rye. Um, I typically, uh, I would either use the Staley rye whiskey from the distillery I worked at in Ohio, or I'd use the um, Old Overholt. <clears throat> so those would be my go-tos. Um, you're going to use two ounces of your rye whiskey, and you're going to get two tablespoons of pumpkin puree. And that can indeed be that canned puree, as long as it's all natural. Just read the ingredients, please. If there's chemicals and all kinds of bullshit in there, don't use it. There's there's canned pumpkin puree, which is nothing but puree of pumpkin. That's what you're looking for. Um, you're going to use uh, two tablespoons of that. You're going to use one tablespoon of simple syrup. Making simple syrup is very, very easy. For this recipe, just do one-to-one. -one. Half cup of sugar, half cup of water. Just boil it very low and slow until you see all that sugar disappear. Pour it into a jar, stick it in your fridge. Boom. You got simple syrup. Okay. Then we're going to take some of that pumpkin pie spice. Usually everybody has that around this time of year. It's that stuff that you put in pumpkin pie. It's that stuff that maybe sometimes people put on baked marshmallow and yams. Which I think is so fucking disgusting, but whatever, each his own. Um, you're going to do a couple pinches. So <clears throat> I would say like two to three pinches of the pumpkin pie spice. And then we're going to use bitters. Now I make special maple bitters for this. You can find maple bitters online. Um, if you are close to some of the giant liquor stores like BevMo and Total Wines, they have a really beautiful array of bitters now. And you'll be able to find the maple bitters there. If you know how to make bitters, which a lot of bakers do, because it's also used for baking, not just cocktails, go ahead and make a maple bitters. Perfect for this recipe. And then we're going to use half ounce of egg white. Now let's take a minute to talk about egg whites. <laughs> I got into a bit of hot water recently. Um, got into an argument about a whiskey sour and that Every recipe for a whiskey sour should contain egg white. And I will strongly, I, I believe this, I will defend it forever. The original recipe did not include egg whites, but if you've ever had a whiskey sour made properly with an egg white, you understand that the complexity that it creates, the velvety texture that it creates, the way it binds all the ingredients together, the beautiful frothiness is so superior to a sour without the egg white that there should never be a sour again that doesn't have the egg white. I feel like I've never I've, had I've, one. No, I've, 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 I've had whiskey sours before, yeah, and never. How do you ever, know? Ever with an egg white. How do you know? Because I was can it watch frothy? Because I, I watched them. them make it. Yeah. Was it frothy? No, it was not frothy. No, no froth or tiny bit of foam at all on top of it. No, not that I can remember. I ordered a whiskey sour once when I was out, and they used that Mrs. T's whatever out oh, of the little oh, jug, uh, and that was the last time I ordered a whiskey sour. Smart. Yeah, yeah. and so that I I I use fresh squeezed lemon juice and make my own at home. Because I know yeah, I've never used an egg white in it. Because I know cocktail, I guess like like a gin fizz or something like that would have an egg in it, right? Egg white. Egg white. Yeah, but that's a different story. Yeah, um, yeah. So. I mean, I don't want to belay the. I don't want to get too labored on this point, but of course, 
I'll make you guys a proper whiskey sour, and you'll be like, oh my god. Oh yeah. If you're allergic to it, obviously don't use it. It's it's that simple. Um. So anyway, you definitely want the egg white in this cocktail. And so people freak out about the egg white. Get you can buy pasteurized egg whites in the container. Use that. Absolutely fine. So you're going to put all of these ingredients into a cocktail shaker. And again, I want you to shake really, really well, especially because you have that pumpkin puree in there. You really, really need to emulsify. So you're using just a small handful of ice. We're going to, we want to dilute this just a little bit to loosen up that puree a little bit and get everything to have a nice velvety liquid texture to it. You're going to have beautiful, beautiful froth on it. And you're going to strain that into a coupe glass or a martini glass. And then you take your strainer off. You get a spoon. You're going to have all this beautiful froth and foam inside that cocktail shaker. So you just spoon it out on top of the cocktail. And so you'll have this gorgeous little cloud on top of your cocktail. And then just take a little bit more of that pumpkin spice, that little tiny pinch of it, and just kind of sprinkle it on top of the cocktail and boom. You have a beautiful pumpkin. Wow, that sounds delicious. It's like dessert in a glass. Yeah. But it's not overly sweet. That's what's nice about it. And that's why it's important to get the real puree. Because if you get the pumpkin pie filling, that has sugar in it. You don't want that. Mm -hmm. No. Just the pure pumpkin puree. It has no sweetness to it. Well, really, yeah, the only thing, your ingredient in your uh, list there that's really adding any kind of real sweetness is the simple syrup. Other than that, everything else is fairly savory. Right. So you want that simple syrup to balance it. The rye has the spiciness to it. Then you've got the pumpkin pie spice and the maple bitters brings it all together. And then that egg white is going to give you this beautiful velvety texture that's going to make it really go down easy. So they're very dangerous to drink. But you will love them. So big, big hit. I will put both of these recipes on our Facebook group and our Instagram. So, guys, don't let me forget to do that. Awesome. And there you have some Halloween cocktails from Sailor to your glass. Awesome. you got to go out and find some maple bitters. I'll make you some. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween. Everybody make a scene. Trick or treat. Tell the neighbors on your diaphragm. All right. Now that you guys have made your cocktails... Are you ready to talk about some scary shit? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, last, scared. last year, we last Halloween, we talked about, gosh, this is almost our third Halloween, you guys. Holy shit. Oh, you're right. You're right. Holy yeah. Because we were, were t- recording, but we didn't do a specific yeah. Halloween episode. We're too, busy, we're too busy getting drunk the first Halloween. <laughs> Falling out of our fucking chairs. Is he um, learning how to put together a show yeah, that published? Learning from our mistakes last <laughs> that first Halloween. Well, last year we focused on um, horror movie soundtracks, which was super fun. And we each, um, all right, I think I told a story, like the whatever the legend ghost story was from each of our home states that we were currently in. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this year we're going to do things a little bit different. First, we're going to talk about our favorite horror movies. 
this is going to be really fucking funny because both Ed and I do not like horror movies. <laughs> so I have a feeling that this, the horror movies we're going to bring up are going to be more classified as scary movies and are probably going to be older movies. I'm just mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> pretty good I, guess there. I approach, this, I approach this topic from a different perspective. So it should, it should be pretty interesting. Feeling yes. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Matt, then why don't you go first? Or wait, maybe you should go yeah. last to scare the shit. Yeah, you go last, actually. Oh, okay. We'll start off soft and get scarier as we go. How about that? Oh, okay. Although, although I don't know if... Like, I have four movies on my lists, and I think maybe one of them would a classify horror. as a classic horror movie. Yeah, see, okay. you're going to do the scarier shit. I knew no, it. But, but I, have, I, have cri- I have criteria for this. So, okay, go, go ahead. I'm just wondering yeah. how much crossover Sailor and I are going to have here. Probably a lot. You, great. you go, Ed, go you ahead. go first because I have backups in case I need to change it. Because I was right. afraid that a couple of these we were all going to do. But definitely, I'm like, what if Ed and I do the same exact movies? <laughs> I have my four favorites and then I have the scariest one. That's okay. the one that scared me more than anything else. I will not never, ever, ever, ever watch again. Same. Okay. So my favorite scary movie, favorite horror movie would be, number one, Al- 1979's Ridley Scott's Alien. Shit, I'm taking that off. That was a freaking, <laughs> that's like the perfect movie right there. Yes. Oh, man. So if you've never seen Alien, you are missing out big time. Yeah, but Even if you're not a horror movie fan, you, this is yeah. one you got to see. I feel like kids these days would not find that scary at all. They would laugh at it. I don't know. It's got the tension. That's true. There. It's it got the tension. It, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if then, you don't find it like horrifying, you'll definitely find it suspenseful. I'll give yes. you that. Yeah, it's got crazy suspense. And the the scene where the alien pops out of the guy's body, they didn't know that was going to happen. The actors. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's yeah. Crazy. So their reaction. Is pure real. and real. Yeah. Oh, they had wow. no idea. Mm-hmm. I, to just to pull that right off here. is is freaking amazing. <laughs> See, and this is right and this is where like spoof movies like kill it for me because like whenever I think of the alien space popping balls. out of the body, I think spaceballs. Like, uh, <laughs> oh man, oh, that totally. Because <laughs> like like I've seen spaceballs more than I've seen Alien, so oh. it's like yeah. Oh, actually, I probably have too. I yeah. Think about it. It didn't ruin it for me though, thank God. <laughs> but and the thing is, when they they uh, when the Hague hatches and you got that little oh the face hugger is going oh. around, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you never know where it's gonna be, and all of a sudden bah, it just kind of yep. jumps out. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. So okay. number two on my list, I have to admit, I only this is another classic one, and I only saw this for the first time maybe a year ago or two years ago. It's The Shining. Son of a bitch. Mm. Son of a bitch. Oh, my list, oh, too, goddammit. <laughs> I knew we would have a lot yeah. of crossover. Here. <laughs> yeah, another just fantastically made movie. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, just the way it's shot, everything about psycho. it. He was a psycho. Is, uh, is, is really good. Psycho uh, or a genius. He, did Number... you know that he... Wait, hang on, hang on. Yeah, go did ahead. Did you know that he drove Shelley Duvall crazy in that movie and she ended up being hospitalized for exhaustion. Serious. I did not. He would 
he would have them do like the like 30 to like I think someone said at one point there was like she had to do like over a hundred takes of one scene and so some of those scenes where she is in hysterics she's truly in hysterics he would like go up to her and whisper shit in her ear he isolated her from the rest of the cast she wasn't allowed to have meals with them talk to them hang out she he, he fucked with her so bad it was like psychological warfare and I think it ruined her because she really didn't do much after that. I think it totally, I mean, I would never act again. I'd be terrified, but. Loved her so in Popeye. Those, yes. the, <laughs> what you're seeing, her, emo- oh, yes. God. her emotional state <laughs> in that movie, most of the time is not acting. It's genuine. Wow. Yeah. That's nuts. And then he wouldn't tell her certain things that were going to happen. And so she actually became terrified of Jack. Truly. I think that when he broke through the door to hear Johnny, I think she didn't know that was happening. I think that's one of the... I remember the the reaction on her face is just so pure terror right there. Yes. Uh, The third third one on my list is here because number one, it's a a good movie, Poltergeist. God damn it! This was the first movie. Uh, I think the first real horror movie that i ever saw as a kid was poltergeist and of course another another well-renowned uh producer director steven spielberg yes did this one we watched that recently uh, like just i feel like we just watched it like a couple months ago i i I know it wasn't too long ago oh yeah Mm -hmm. the creep factor is huge in there you got the carol ann you know oh that little girl She's oh creepy. my god! She's creepy anyway. I'm Courtney. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And um, then of course, number four. Oh, <laughs> oh, god. God. Sailors. Don't take like, all my fucking movies. West Cravens, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh yeah. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> so not only do you have a very um, groundbreaking and unique. Um, take on the horror genre when it came out um it introduced a lot of humor into the genre um so yeah and that was and that was another one i saw later in life so it really didn't freak me out as much as it would have if i had seen that movie movie theater when it first came out but uh anyway but i had to put that in there because freddy krueger i mean that's that's he's a classic Classic One of the fucked up things character. about that movie is that for months after after one and two, like all you could hear in your head sometimes was one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Yeah. Three, <laughs> four, better lock your door. Oh my god. Like, I remember at one point being like, should I go to sleep? I'm kind of afraid to go to sleep. What if it's real? I don't know. I was really young. All right, so those are my four favorite movies, but the fifth one I will mention 
is the one that scared me more than any other movie has ever scared me. It's and that was the original. Not, I know they did a remake of it. I I won't see that one, but the original Pet Cemetery. Oh fuck! When that, that. came out, I oh, saw yeah. that I walked in the out theater. Of the theater. I walked oh, out of the theater God. halfway through it. I'm right yeah. there with you. When the little boy, when they knocked <sighs> over the coffin and the little <sighs> body fell out, you I stole was, it. Was, you stole it from me. <laughs> I got up and I walked out of the Cadillac. Yeah. All my friends were in there, and I sat in the lobby of the movie theater and waited till they were done. I refused. Fuck that movie. <laughs> I just felt like that was going a little too far. First oh, of all, the, you're the killing sister pets. With the thing and the well, oh. yeah. There's so many things that I just thought were ugh. I, back then, that was that wasn't that shit wasn't done yet. Now it's like whatever, you know. You can yeah. Do the grossest, scariest shit, and we were like, ooh. But back then, that was fucking terrifying and outrageous. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was. That was. Oh, so yeah. how many, <laughs> how badly did I decimate your list? Say Pretty that. bad. Real bad. Good thing I had a big backup list because I was afraid. Good, because I have no, I have, have had no backups. So. Thank God you went first went then. First. Oh my God. We yeah. all say movies. Oh God. All right. So Dude, obviously all right. I had Poltergeist. Poltergeist. I was, how old were we? I was it like. It came out in 80. So I was 10 years old when oh, it first shit. came out. I was seven. I was, so seven. I was probably like wow. 11 or 12 when I, maybe 11 when I saw it. Because I saw it on, um, when they had, were playing it on the movie channels or whatever okay. after the release. I saw it in the movie theater. And I'm terrified of clowns. Terrified. I have like a legit phobia. Oh, like you have clown a clown face. If I see a clown face, it gets stuck in my brain. I can't get the image out. Oh, I hate clowns. When the clown started fucking with the... I was like... I started, <laughs> but I was with my grandfather, and I didn't want to show him that I was scared. Because I think I had asked him to see the movie, and I was like, I gotta be a big girl. I can't let him... I'm, I'm in silent hysterics through the whole movie. It was awful. I wouldn't go in the swimming pool for like weeks after that. I hated clowns already. That was it for me with clowns. Fuck that movie. So yeah, that was on my list too. Um, okay. The Shining, we already talked about that. That movie is so... Actually, did you see the remake of it that they did on TV? No, I did not. Okay, so who's the guy that was on Wings? Remember? I have no idea. I've never oh, seen Wings. That show Wings, the TV show, don't you remember? Wings? They were, yeah, they were pilots. And, oh um, yeah, yeah. It was one of the, bro- the the blonde guy who was like the lady killer pilot or whatever. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he was the main character, and I guess um, I guess he didn't. I think they were like trying to tell more of the story that he wished he would have told when the, when the movie was made. He had like a what's his face who wrote the book had a different view of how he wanted the movie told. And so they went in more into the background of the hotel story and what what The Shining is and what led to all the things that happened. It wasn't like a prequel, but it was like a broader explanation of that rather than okay. just focusing on Jack going nuts. So it was equally as creepy, but damn, dude, The Shining scared the shit out of me. 
the freaking twins and the hallway and the blood and the oh god come nope. play with us ah no <laughs> hate that movie um carrie is on my backup list okay so again i don't think anybody today would find that movie scary but for us back in the uh, soft 70s that movie was fucking terrifying um the mother creeped me out worse than anything else <laughs> She was so fucking scary. Do you know the story of Carrie, Matt? Have you seen uh, the I've seen the movie, yes. And I've seen the terrible remake. Oh, God. I've never and seen the, And the terrible sequel, yes. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. I've never seen any of that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just... It was, a, it was a terrifying... To me, it was a terrifying movie. It, it stuck with me. I, I hate... I don't like that movie. Mm. Um, American Werewolf in London... Oh, wow. Is another one that scared the shit. Awesome. Okay. Once again, Sailor was a very bad girl. We had a babysitter, and we were not allowed to watch movies like that. And this babysitter's name was Mrs. Peachtree. The only reason I remember all of this is because of the fucking movie. Oh, so I, that makes me think of Little Rascals, Miss Crabtree. <laughs> <laughs> like, she was an old lady, right? And she... Yeah. she Okay, so she said, oh, we turn on TV. She said, did your parents let you watch TV? I said, oh, yes. We're allowed to watch this channel. And she trusts, I don't know why she trusted me. Well, I'm a lot older than my sister. My sister could have only been like four years old. <laughs> I think that's her life. So <laughs> we're sitting on the couch watching Werewolf in London, which is fucking graphic. Like even today, it's graphic as shit. I forgot until I watched it recently how graphic it was and when you're not exposed to that as a four-year-old in the early 80s this must have really fucked her up so i don't think we got through the whole movie and i was frozen in fear i was so scared we were both sitting on the couch and we're like hanging on to each other with the blanket and miss Petrie had fallen asleep in the recliner and the only way to turn the tv off was to get up and walk across the whole living room and hit the button to turn it off. And I was too afraid to walk across the living room because there was a sliding glass door out onto the patio. And it was pitch black. And I had to, I don't know. This is so, so, we, so I go to her. I'm like, okay, just put your head under the blanket. We both sat with our head under the blanket. And we sang songs until it was over. Or there was a curse. And I finally turned it off. But the best part of this whole story was my parents get home. And I knew I was fucking dead when they got home. My sister jumps off the couch and goes running with a force to my mom. And she's hysterical crying. My mom's like, oh, my God, what happened? What's wrong? She goes, mommy, mommy, the dog, his face popped out. He put a coat on. And then <laughs> ate all the people. <laughs> That's how a four-year-old articulate oh, the guy turning into a werewolf his face popped out he put a coat on and he ate all <laughs> my mom is screaming at me what the hell did you let her watch and then i start crying I'm like i'm scared too and she's like i don't give a shit go to your room i didn't sleep oh, man. Days. that movie scared the shit i hate that movie okay um what else did i have on here okay you guys are going to make fun of me for this, but I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. The Blair Witch Project scared the shit. No way. No, I will never make fun of you for that. Oh, thank God. I'm okay. 
No, that's no considered way. one of the scariest movies of all time. It yes. the shit out of me. I was in, time, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was in Belgium, so I'm in another country. I had just gotten there. I think I had been there for like four days. And in the movie theaters in the Flemish-speaking part of Belgium, they don't dub anything because the market is too small. So everything's subtitled, which is great for me. Before I learned the language, I could just go to the movie theater. Great. So I, all my friends I don't know very well. I live alone. So I had to go back to my dark, like, very old, creepy apartment in Antwerp, Belgium, all by myself. Oh, after nice. <laughs> I had every it. single light on. I had the news on all night. I slept <laughs> with all the lights on all night. It was horrible. That movie scared the piss out of me. You have to remember, too, because when that movie came out, which was like 97 or 98, no, I think. 99, I think. All right, 99. Okay. Um, like 95% of the people going to see that movie thought that that story was real. Yes, me there too. There were three that there were three people that that were going on this research thing in the woods and they got uh this whole thing happened and you know internet was still kind of fledgling at the time uh-huh. you didn't have the, really the capability of like realizing okay this is actually a movie with yeah actors. and i was in another country oh, so, for god's yeah, sake they thought it yes. was real found footage oh yes. hell yeah that's yeah. how they marketed that's it. That's the original found footage movie. Like yes. that's the first one. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I know that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Paranormal okay. Activity, all that stuff that came after. Was, but we like, and we knew that wasn't real. But exactly. no, Blair Witch. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Matt. I thought it was halfway through. I realized it wasn't, but uh, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Still scared the shit out of Touché. me. Touche. That's a good point. I forgot about that. But yeah, yeah, I went into it thinking, well, yeah. Yeah, the internet was very young. I was in another fucking country. Hmm. That's how they were marketing it. And I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, my God. Like, how do – I can't remember thinking, like, how do these kids' parents feel about this being turned into a movie? Like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Until I realized it was bullshit. Yeah. Um, okay, so last two on my backup list. I'm only going to mention one. I'm going to mention one. The movie Scream – is one of my favorite movies because to me that's like an old-fashioned scary movie. There's not a ton of gore. You're not watching human suffering as entertainment. I have a real problem with that. I feel like most modern horror movies are you're you're literally watching the suffering of humans, like torture, and you're getting entertained by that. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. what they heard torture me. porn. Yeah, it's fucking disturbing, yeah. and I don't want any part of it. I, I don't like it. Don't like I won't it watch it like that. Nope, I have nope. no part of that stuff. Can't so do any, it. Usually these days when he's like, oh, this horror movie, that horror movie, I'm like, haven't seen it, don't want to see it. Don't invite me over to watch these movies because I think you've got something wrong with you if you get entertained by watching humans suffer. Whether it looks real or not doesn't matter. Like That's, that's super fucked up, but whatever. Um, so to, to mention a modern movie that I thought was good, fun, being scared, Scream, I think would hit the original one would hit all those points really well. Um, but here's the one that you didn't have on your list, Ed. This movie has scarred me for life. Okay. I will never be able to see either of these actors in a movie again. And I don't think I could watch any movies or ever in again. Okay. Can um, you just drop, drop a couple of hints? Like maybe the actors, see if I can guess. Yeah. It is. Um, Nicolas Cage, 
I don't know what the fuck her name is. The the other oh, main Nicolas Cage. Yeah, not that I want to see a Nicolas Cage movie ever again, but I'm just saying. Uh, this movie came out last year, or maybe it was two years ago. Maybe it's two oh, years ago now. Okay. So I just mentioned to you that I don't watch modern horror movies because I find them to be not what I think horror should be about. Nicolas Cage. So for this one time, oh. people tell me, no, 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 no. This is not like that. It's more like an old school scary movie. So I'm like, okay. All right. You know what? I'll take the chance and I'll see it. Motherfuckers. So <laughs> we go to look for where it's playing online and it got pulled from theaters. This should have been my first indication. Uh-huh. Red flag right there. Yeah. So Robin will just say finds it. And we were newly together <laughs> at the time. But I had already, you know, I'm not shy. I tell people whatever about myself. I, I tell them I don't like scary movies. I don't like horror movies. And he's like, you know, watch it together. I'm still living with my, staying with my parents because I had just come out here. And they live in the woods. But like in the legit mountain woods in a big, beautiful log cabin but surrounded by trees. You guys remember when I would show you, remember when yeah, I was yeah. there? Like it's all pine trees around yep. it. You can hear wolves cabin in the woods, at night. Literally. Mm-hmm. Cabin in the woods. There yep. is a scene, so where these motherfuckers live in the movie looks exactly like where my fucking parents <laughs> live. And the scene in the movie where she's walking down the road and gets kidnapped looks exactly like when you turn out of my parents' driveway to get up to the fucking <laughs> This movie is Mandy. Oh. Mm. Oh, okay. I should. Okay. Yep. If you haven't seen it, don't. No matter what anybody tells you, no matter what you do in life, don't see this movie. Ever. I remember the previews for it. Yep. Never, ever, ever, ever see this movie. There are so many things about this movie that are so fucked up and disturbing. It. I'm not kidding that it scarred me for life, because. I'm watching this and I'm going, somebody thought of this and not only thought of it, then wrote it out and then had it created and filmed it. That's fucking sick. That's fucked up. Like, oh my God, there's Mm. a scene, there's these characters in the movie that look like Guar, but if Guar, but if they're real. If Gar were okay, and oh I don't, wait, yeah, you mentioned this, yeah. Didn't I mention this on some episode? You did, like, yes, no, you did. Maybe the Guar yeah. episode, yeah. Yeah, the Guar yeah. episode, yeah, yeah. Now imagine yeah. if they were real and somehow could be summoned by a special horn that you blow in the woods. Like I don't know if they were supposed to be human or not in the movie. I don't know, and I don't fucking care to know. But the shit that they did to people was beyond fucked up. Like. Everything about this movie is so fucked up. It was filmed so fucking weird. They try to make it look like a movie that was filmed in the 70s. So that makes it even more weird. The main character, Mandy, is weird as shit looking. That makes it even more scary. She has these giant eyes. Like, I'm sure she's beautiful, but in this movie, they it was filmed just... The camera angles were weird and lighting was weird. It made everything weird. There are so many plot holes in the movie that make no fucking sense. I had my eyes closed for 
probably 60% of the movie. Oh, man. Wow. After it was done, I was like, there is nothing that can cleanse my brain. Turning on cartoons or a Disney movie, it's not going to help. Baking cookies. Like, it took me so long to get these images out of my head. So, so long. I am so sorry I ever saw this fucking movie. Don't ever see Mandy. If you do, you're fucking insane. You're insane. That is my list. (laughs) Wow. I welcome the hate. Wow. Going out with a bang. Damn. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, I see who who's who's we have joining us here. I see, Robin must have been uh, overhearing our conversation about I was uh, Mandy. In the about Mandy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, do you have really anything to add to this conversation, uh, Robin, uh, about well, your viewing experience with Sailor? It was it was profound. I know that uh, she had. It was an experience for her, for sure. I could tell. Uh, I really enjoyed the movie, and um, and I had her face clutched into my armpit uh, for good majorities of it where I was telling her just don't look and I was you know barely holding on but it's so visually stunning but I was like oh don't ever look at that because you're never going to recover um, and and a lot of moments where she was going holy shit did I just see that did I just is that what I'm seeing is that what I'm seeing and I'm like mmm what do I say at this point? It's like, yes, no, worse. I don't know. So it was a lot of, it was, um, I was trying to mitigate damage, basically. Tell them about what the Guar guys did to the oh. people in the house. What the Guar guys did to the people in the house. Well, so I'm pretty sure they, that this guy um, brutally murdered them rape style with a strap on sword. I, I'm. Uh, he had a okay, cock. That's enough. He had a that's cock. Enough. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah, okay, so I don't that's. Uh, right <laughs> the side. The side piece of Cthulhu. Yeah. It was. Side it was. Uh, I would say it's. It was definitely something between Guar and um, Hellraiser <laughs> and Metalocalypse, the worst of. And I, you know, it was. It was intense. It was definitely intense. Is that one of your favorite movies? I hate babe? that movie. And I don't know if it's a it's a little fact that I like to bring up whenever we're visiting her parents' house is that they are, I believe, live in the area that that movie is supposedly set in. Shut up! Oh. So I like to drop that little tidbit as we're driving through the every misty... fucking time. Like, <laughs> Not wasn't this awesome. Every Andy single was time. Mm, I think this is where Mandy happened. <laughs> so you know that's just that's just being a good husband. I mean, let's. Oh, just... of course. <laughs> Thanks. Love you, babe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for. All right. Well, thanks for that little uh, insight. Not a problem, guys. Get the hell out of here. Rock on, and I'm out. I've done my work. Lay back to the closet. <laughs> don't say that. That's creepy. Uh, <laughs> there you have it. All right. It's all about you, Matt. Oh, man. How do I follow that? <laughs> so, I approach this... I don't know if it's maybe it's differently than you guys approach this. So I couldn't think of any singular movie that from beginning to end, I was like, holy shit, this is terrifying. This is going to be one of the scariest movies I ever saw. 
So there are singular moments in certain movies that put those movies over the top for me. Mm, So, yeah, so there are, like I said, singular moments that were, that have stuck with me for my entire adult life and I can't even watch them to this day. So I will start with one that both of you guys mentioned, which was Pet Cemetery. Yes. And that one singular moment is something that Sailor mentioned, which was a little kid in the coffin. Yes, yes. That's just like there's no reason for that. That's going there's way not. too fucking that was far. Fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like they they build a scene and like I guess like in the scene the parents are kind of arguing or something or or there's an argument that happens yeah. at this funeral and like women are crying and like one guy pushes the other guy into the coffin and the coffin falls over and the kid like falls out and it's just like, Oh my God. You see a little like, dead arm flopping around. Yeah. And I'm already, I already like the whole like dead kid kind of dead animal thing kind of freaks me out already. And I'll get into the dead animal thing in another one of my movies here, but um, better. yeah. Uh, so that that always stuck with me and you know, I've read the book. I've seen the movie. Haven't seen the remake. But um, fucking terrifying. They remake that. <sighs> they remake everything. Money. Yeah, money. Yeah. Exactly. So okay, so that's the first one. Second one is the original Friday the Thirteenth. Oh. The original yeah. one. Now, yeah. now everyone equates. You know, Friday the 13th with Jason, obviously. But you have to remember, in the original Friday the 13th, Jason was not the killer. It was his mother. Mrs. Voorhees was the killer in the first movie. Cam Crystal Lake. Kevin Bacon. Young Kevin Bacon. First movie. Um, This was filmed in New Jersey. So I know the area pretty well. Um, And... The particular scene that sticks with me is way, 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 way at the end, the last scene of the movie, when you think that the female is safe, and she's on the lake, (laughs) and uh, she's safe, she has survived, Uh, and then lo and behold, uh, creepy, uh, decaying boy Jason jumps out of the lake and takes her down to the depths. And that scene where he jumps out of the lake and takes her down is one of the indelible images in my head and scared the ever loving shit out of me. <laughs> Cause you are not expecting that at all. You really aren't. Um, so that would be number two for me. Uh, number three is, and you know, you guys mentioned, or Ed, you mentioned alien uh, and I'm I'm kind of a big fan of alien movies, alien abduction movies, stuff like that. So there's this one movie that's based on a true story. Uh, in Communion. 1990, what was that Communion or whatever the hell it was called? No. Oh. No. Uh, there was a movie released in 1993 called Fire in the Sky. That's you guys when I was. That? That's that's yeah. what I was talking. About. But yeah, it was so, a series of books, right? Wasn't one of them called Communion? Oh, maybe. I don't, but I I just know that I know the true story. Know, of the, yeah, yeah. The guy's name is Travis Walton, and uh, he was abducted, supposedly abducted, uh, while working uh, with a, a bunch of guys of his. And th- these guys witnessed it. They passed polygraphs. They did all this stuff. 
Um, Fuck that. And, yeah. So in the movie, there's a scene where he, I guess, I guess he's under hypnosis or whatever, and they flash back to when he's on the alien ship and the torment that he goes through, oh, and these God. these these fucking aliens are so creepy, and the experiments they put him through, and they show everything. So it's oh. and you feel his terror <gasps> in that moment. And it's it's something that stuck with me. That, that whole alien abduction testing scene that they do in that movie, Fire in the Sky, has always stuck with me. And it's a movie that kind of had the big budget Hollywood sort of bullshit. Um, it's one of the most scary, pseudo-realistic interpretations of an alien abduction that I've ever seen. And this is from someone who's a huge fan of, like, the X-Files. You know, I've seen all those... But this is the most terrifying by far. Um, so you could probably YouTube that scene where he's on the alien ship and they're doing all this tests oh, on God. him and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, that shit never leaves your... I, I'm right there with you. The minute that you said it and I know what you were talking about, that's the yeah. exact scene my brain went to. Exactly. Yes. yes. So is yeah. that where the whole uh, anal probe trope comes from? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's where it comes from. Yes. But yeah, there was no, like, like there was not even any, like, anal probing in this movie. But it's just the stuff that they were doing to him. Well, they allude to it. They allude That's, to it, yes. Yeah. Uh, they allude to it. But there's so, more, there's more like, ocular things that they do with, like, the human eye, which uh, is kind of ooh. fucking creepy. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's one, yeah. anytime anyone gets anything near an eyeball, that's when I just, like, I can't handle that. Oh, don't watch this then. <laughs> if you haven't seen it. I like it. that scene in The Terminator. Where he has to like cut it all cut his eye. Yeah, that's oh, like oh, yeah. So okay, I was wrong about. I don't know why communion. Okay, so my mom was like, my mom got super into all of these alien abduction books in the eighties, and she was living on a farm in Oklahoma at the time. Mm-hmm. Not to give too much away, but she doesn't listen to the show. Um, she, my sister called me once. I wasn't living at home anymore, and she's like, "Mom is seeing aliens outside sometimes at night." And my sister was still a kid, and I was like, what the fuck is she doing? What is going on down there? I called my stepdad. I'm like, what is Amy talking about? And he's like, ah, your mom's been reading all these books. And just don't worry about it. And it was, in fact, she was reading, and that's one of them. I think the book was called, it's based on the Travis Walton UFO incident. Yes. Yeah, that's what it, yeah. But there's another one, I think, called Communion. Yeah, Um, there is. And so she was reading all of these books and, like, convincing herself she'd, like, see something outside at night and be like, because they were scaring the shit out of her. And, uh, yeah, so I remember seeing this movie. And so she's totally, okay, Communion is another book. I don't think it has anything to do with the movie. I don't know why I always equate them, but that's why I immediately went to that, because she read this book. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, telling me all these things. And you know how, like, conspiracy theories, my God, like, they're they're so people believe in them so much because they're you can make them seem so fact based and like yes, oh yeah, yeah they're so suggestive and she's telling me things I know are just absolutely ridiculous but and I'm trying to like explain a way to, like okay no that's probably this and that and the other thing so those that really sticks with me and I had a hard time watching that movie because of yes. that. Yes. Because my mom was like obsessed with these books. <laughs> I was I was worried she was losing her fucking mind <laughs> when she was reading uh all right so the final movie i have is a little known movie from the 80s 1987 it's a classic stephen dorff 
movie. Oh, boy. No? Okay. So it's called The Gate. Oh, The Gate! <laughs> yes, The Gate! I haven't even heard of this one. Yes. Oh, my God. So, it, wait, going back, wait, going back to what I said before, singular moments, not necessarily an entire movie. So there were a couple from this movie that scarred me as a child, big time. Okay, so the the basic premise of the movie is, you know, these kids, they're probably 12, you know, 13 maybe. uh, And the one kid has a treehouse and the treehouse gets struck by lightning. So, you know, the tree kind of falls apart and, you know, the parents have to get these workers to come and cut the tree down after it gets struck by lightning. But what they don't know is that, I guess, underneath this tree is like the gateway to hell, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I found the that's trailer. That's not that's not the scene, though. No, but that's oh. for Ed, because he hates creepy eye stuff. Oh, oh yeah, gosh. Yeah. There's creepy eye stuff in that movie, too, yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and there's all this stuff. With, like, there's some cool stuff, like, in there with, like, one of the kids brings a metal album over, I guess, yeah, and they play yeah. it backwards. Yeah, and that's what, like, opens the gates of hell and, like, these little <laughs> demons. Of course it does. Yeah. Uh, but there's one scene where the kid sees uh, an apparition of his mother uh, and, you know, he goes to hug his mom and then it becomes like reality. And it's actually his dog who just who just got that just died. Oh, nice. That's- yeah, that's the little demon. Yeah. yeah so again, again, yeah. So again, dead animals kind of creepy. Uh, there's another scene with like moths. Like, there's some moths that are, like, flying up to the window in the bedroom or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, like, like it's a slow build. Like, he's slowly walking to the window. Moths, moths, more moths. The moths are getting bigger. And then all of a sudden the window just breaks out of silence. All these moths fly in and kind of attack him. So that's, like, a lesser-known movie that I saw multiple times as a really young child that just <laughs> fucked me so badly. Multiple times. <laughs> Yes, and that was probably the basis for like the pet thing because I saw the gate before I saw Pet Cemetery, and okay. it's just like, well, yeah. Were, they, I mean, we had a lot of that. We had Cujo, where the dog yeah, was Cujo. fucking crazy, yeah. and it's like mm. possessed. Like, and that think about that today. What's the one thing you don't do in a movie today? You don't kill the yeah, dog, exactly. right? Yes. I think it's because it's our generation making the movies now, and we're like, look hands off on the pets we had enough of that shit in the 80s we're not gonna have it anymore kill the kid don't kill the fucking dog old yeller don't even kill the- yeah. i'm so happy i'm so happy at least one of you saw the gate and like, oh god yeah they yeah. were so they it seemed like it's a funny movie actually ed you should watch it oh, i mean yeah. yeah there's disturbing shit but like because the guys are so little at first you're just like what the fuck is this the little demon things yeah like it's not going to be that scary. And then all of a sudden they start doing like really fucked up shit and it scares us. You gotta remember, like if you watch it now, it's probably cheesy. But like when I saw it, I was probably. Those scenes would still disturb you, I think. Even I though they eight. look like crap. I was crap. probably eight or nine when I first saw it. Yeah, that's like, little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's little, yeah. yeah. For that's... dead dogs and fucking. Ugh. That'll mess you up. Yeah, hugging that's, your yeah. dead dog. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Fuck that movie. So that's uh that's my list. All right. <laughs> All right, well, if we're not creeped out enough already, 
I'm going to make sure that we get completely creeped out and that I won't be able to sleep and I'll keep Robin up all night. We're going to talk about our favorite ghost stories. May they be fact or fiction. Who would like to go first? Well, mine will be probably pretty short and sweet, so I'll uh, I'll go first to get this out of the way. So growing up around the Chicago area, um, there's one story that pretty much everybody knows about is the story of Resurrection Mary. And I guess it's it dates back to like the 30s or something like that. And um, it happened at along Archer Avenue near the uh, Willowbrook Ballroom and uh, Resurrection Cemetery. And uh, there's been reports of like people picking up a young female hitchhiker along there. And so she's dressed in a white party dress and says so she has like uh, blonde hair and blue eyes. And um, anyway, the, the story goes that uh, Mary had spent the evening dancing at this uh, ballroom. And um, I think it was called the O. Henry Ballroom back in the day. But at some point, uh, she was there with her boyfriend, and they got into an argument, and Mary left and started walking up Archer Avenue, and she was struck and killed by a hit-and-run driver um, who fled the scene, and of course she died, and her parents uh, found her later and um, buried her in Resurrection Cemetery. Which is like right the name there. Of that cemetery at all? Yeah, for real. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear anything so, about fucking resurrection. No. Yeah, anyone they talk about, you know, seeing sightings of resurrection, where you're seeing a woman in a white dress outside of of the cemetery while you know driving up and down uh, Archer Avenue, and uh, so you know, there's been multiple reports over the years. People, you know, how these people stories they tell, and it kind of takes on a life of its own and you know not not really much of a story per se but it's more of a kind of an interesting like a folklore urban legend kind of a thing that i uh grew up with so like i said i'm a storyteller but, but i've seen that i've seen uh, that on te- like there's been television shows about that like i've seen it on like unsolved mysteries and shit yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. Really? yeah yeah oh hell yeah yeah I just think the name of the cemetery is what clinches oh, yeah. it. It's like you're like, asking for trouble. <laughs> resurrection. Ce- Who the fuck calls it that? That's so creepy. I don't like it. Nope. All right, Matt, what do you got? Um, I have two. Um, one that I've lived and one that I find absolutely fascinating. Um, so the one that is pretty much you know a complete fabric of my upbringing is uh it's uh clinton road and you can you can wikipedia this it's on wikipedia but it's one of the it's one of if not the most haunted road in the united states uh it's in west milford new jersey that is where i grew up it's 10 minutes from where i grew up Uh, i've driven it many a time not during the nighttime during the day movie made about it there was a movie made about it, yes, uh, very recently. Um, so it's like a 13-mile-long road that connects uh, two, I wouldn't say main arteries, but two kind of main roads in that neck of town. Uh, and there are many, many things that are linked to this, many legends and 
from ghosts to uh, strange creatures, humanoid creatures, hellhounds, and you know, druidic temples back in the woods, and uh, yeah, like weird medieval castles back there that have ghosts roaming it, and um, you know, for for the most part, for a long time, there was a section of the road that wasn't even finished yet. It was more of like a dirt road um, that where all of this stuff would happen. And I've driven on it during the day, like I've said, um, and even not fully knowing the stories, there's a weird ominous presence that you feel when you drive on the road. It's, it's hard to explain, um, but it's there. And, uh, you know, I guess other than the ghost stories and stuff. So have you guys ever heard of the Iceman? No. As in the Iceman cometh? Uh, no. <laughs> so. As in the guy ever... who flew with you're, you're... a Maverick? And no, as in like the, the mafia hitman, the Iceman. You ever hear of him? Oh. Oh, okay. Like yeah. Richard, did Richard he like Cook... kill people with an ice pick or something? Richard Kuklinski was his yeah, name. Yeah, I know. So there was a whole documentary about him. Uh, so he used to dump the, the bodies of his victims on Clinton Road in West Milford. Oh, that oh, helps. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah. So this guy was like the most famous hitman, like like mafia hitman in history. Um, but that was where he used to dump his bodies, was on Clinton Road in New Jersey. Uh, but there's different stories of like, uh, you know, ghost cars that would like drive up behind you and tailgate you and... You know, it was, it was it was popular for uh, like prom weekend when kids from West Milford High School would, you know, they'd be drunk and they dare each other to drive down the road and see if, you know, anything would happen and stuff Talk like that. Talk about fulfilling a prophecy, Jesus. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs> uh, but it's uh, from someone who's a who's a real skeptic here. There's a weird, just ominous kind of foreboding that comes over you when you're driving on that road. Um, So yeah, Clinton Road, something I've lived. Um, Second one, something that truly fascinates me. Uh, You guys ever hear of Slender Man? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just, to me, so interesting because it really started as an internet meme. It wasn't like a folklore thing. It was Mm -hmm. something that somebody created on the internet and it kind of gained this traction and sort of came into popular culture as something that was causing kids to commit murder. So weird. Yeah. So I don't know how that happened, but yeah, yeah. it was just like a yeah. little game or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was, um, you know, for people that don't know, uh, Slender Man was an internet meme was created, uh, depicted as, and you can Google, Google image it, obviously, uh, very thin, kind of unnaturally tall-looking guy, uh, kind of a featureless face, always dressed in kind of a suit with very long appendages. Mm-hmm. Really fucking creepy looking. Um, but in 2014, I guess it came to national attention because there was a uh, there was a fatal stabbing of a 12-year-old girl in Wisconsin, and they had attributed it to this the the person who committed this crime to being obsessed with the Slender Man or having uh, had visions of this slender man. Um, and actually she had talked to the person who committed this crime had actually talked that was, um, uh, 
had actually conversed like they had testified in court that they were actually conversing with several different fictional characters like Lord Voldemort and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, really fucking crazy shit, but mostly Slenderman. Like Slenderman would visit this person in their dreams and would uh, call it outside of its bedroom and all that shit. Of course. Uh, Yeah. So like all this weird stuff and uh, kind of made these attacks in the name of Slenderman. So I just find that very uh, interesting because there's different philosophers and and psychologists who um, are debating back and forth about it being like a folklore thing and all this stuff. And, you know, other people are saying it's like a, it's just just an Internet meme. It's not really folklore, uh, but right. very, very interesting. I know they made a movie about it that was not very well received. No, but um very interesting stuff. So, uh, yeah, Clinton Road and Slender Man for me. Well, those are both creepy as fuck because yeah, I'm Slender- li- I was Googling Clinton Road while you were telling the story, looking at the pictures of it. And I, don't, I don't like it at all. <laughs> I do not like it. Um, gosh, my story is going to seem so uh, chill compared to these. Um, I think I forgot to apologize for still being sick today by the way i'm still <laughs> fighting a really terrible terrible cold so i apologize God, get better already for the way i sound i'm trying i need more whiskey um all right Vitamins. here's hot toddy hot yes. toddy i need um here's my story it's a real story it's a personal story um <clears throat> my family used to own a beautiful uh house in cape cod massachusetts um, in a town called Dennis. If anybody is uh, listening that's local, you will know Scargo Manor. Scargo Manor has been there since um, probably it's one of, I think, I think it was one of the first uh, grand houses constructed in Cape Cod, period. It was constructed by a sea captain, Captain Scargo. And uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful giant house. Um, and it has a carriage house, which of course, you know, by the time I was born, it was a garage, um, and has a long lawn and it has a lake, Lake Scargo, small, small lake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it has, uh, three store, it was three or four store. Oh, shit, I can't remember these four stories, very new England style, um, you know, white and black wrought iron, all of that. And it has a widow's walk. And the widow's walk, you know, the history of those is that um, you could, I, I don't, I don't know if it would have been the case back then, it's possible, you could have seen um, the Cape and seen the ocean from the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go up on this widow's walk and the wives would watch for their husband's ship to come in. Um, and then it was said that if they, they, they would they call it a widow's walk because these women would continue to go up there and look for their husband's ship to come in even years and years after they knew they were lost at sea. But if you have no confirmation, you know, of a death, you keep looking. That's the lore that goes with these widow's walks. But it's a fucking balcony, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So I was about uh, 12 or 13 years old and my family used to gather. Um, so, it, OK, I should say. So it was a bed and breakfast. It was an inn 
we call them bed and breakfast, but it was an inn after the Scargo family, you know, didn't live there anymore. And my grandparents purchased this home in the 50s, and it was still a working inn. My grandfather's father was a chef, and they kept it as a working inn um, while my mom was little. She has memories of guests coming in, and um, they used to have this poodle, and the poodle would take turns sleeping in different people's rooms every night, and the guests absolutely loved it. Uh, So... By the time I came along, it wasn't an inn anymore. My great aunt and uncle lived there, and my grandfather's parents lived there. So every summer, we would all convene, mostly in July, for my grandfather's birthday and have, you know, big family reunions and get-togethers. We're Greek, so there's millions of us. There's lots of yelling and screaming and music and eating and all that stuff. So this this trip, I'm 12 or 13, my great-grandfather had been only... I think he'd only been gone a couple of years, and uh, my great-grandmother couldn't go up the stairs anymore, so they had turned one of the dining rooms downstairs into her bedroom. So this is the first time that we went up there that we actually stayed in what used to be her room, in my great-grandfather's room. And um, it was one of my favorite rooms because it had a little tiny room attached to it, which she used as a sewing room. I guess it's maybe that's what it was originally or or a closet back in the day before they built Mm -hmm. closets and every it was like so tiny in there and it looked like a little mini house inside a room I was just obsessed with it but I never slept in there because my great-grandparents were always in there so this room has the sliding glass doors onto the widow's walk obviously I assume they were French doors at one point so it's the Cape it's Cape Cod New England fucking shithole weather um I remember we, so there's two single beds in the room. And so it's my mom, my little sister, and myself staying in that room. And my mom and my sister are sleeping in one bed and I'm sleeping in the other. The door was open, the sliding glass door, and it had a screen on it. Mm -hmm. And my mom goes, will you get up and close? I think it's the, the breeze is a little too chilly. Get up and close the door. And I'm like, okay. So I get out of bed and I can't close it. It's so warped. Um, it's like those old sliding glass doors, you know, like mm-hmm. I cannot pull it on the mm-hmm. track. I'm like, I can't do it. And she's like, all right, I'll do it. So she gets up and she pulls it and she has to be like, you know, raw to pull it, pulls it, locks it. We get into bed. So I'm in the bed up against the wall and her and my sister are in the bed that would be closest to that sliding glass door. But there's the doorway from the hallway into the bedroom in between that. Again, this house is very old, lots of creaks. Doors are all warped, especially in the summer. Everything's sticking and whatever. The Mm -hmm. door's closed, and it's locked from the inside because it would swing open if you didn't lock it. So we, my mom locked it. So my mom wakes. We're we're talking and laughing and giggling. We finally fall asleep. My mom wakes me up at some point in the middle of the night, and she's like, "Did you open that? Why why did you open that door, or something?" And I have this thing like, "What? Did you open the door?" And I look, and I can kind of see the, like, door into the bedroom, and it's closed. I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? And I'm like, no. And she goes, no, the sliding glass door. And I look, and the sliding glass door is open about two feet. Oh, geez. And I look at her, and I'm like, no, you opened it. And she goes, no, I closed it, remember, and locked it. I'm like, yeah. She goes, come on. When did you get up and open the door? I said, Mom, and now we're both realizing 
so we believe the other one didn't open it, so we're <sighs> wide awake. And so we're both sitting up in bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> My sister is yeah. way too tiny. She's too tiny to open any of these doors, actually. Because even the door to get into the room, you have to <clears throat> pull it in winter because it everything expands. And it's so wet, you know, and it sticks. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was locked. There's no way into this room. There's nobody that could have come in. And you cannot open the sliding glass door from the outside. It isn't like modern ones where it has the little finger nub. Mm-hmm. You couldn't open it. Plus, it was oh, locked. Plus, yeah. you would have... It's so fucking sticky and rusty, you would have heard it. My mother looks to me, and she turns the light on. She goes, I didn't open the door. Great parenting, right? Like, mm-hmm. hi, way to fucking scare the shit out of me. <laughs> she should have just been like, it's okay. It's okay. I, I forgot I opened I opened it. Yeah, yeah. I would have done that if I was the mother. And so I just look at her, and I'm in terror now. And then she's like, oh, God. And I'm like, what do you mean, oh, God? And so we're just looking, we're totally freaked out. So she's like, come on, come on. We're going to go sleep in the living room. <laughs> so we grab our pillows and blankets. She wakes up my sister. Out of here. We go, and of course, to open the door. To, so, so, so we're certain. She walks over to the sliding glass door. She pulls it shut. And it's like, er, 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 you know, it's she's having a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. She opens the door into the room and she has to unlock it and like pull it open. So we get our pillows and blankets. We run downstairs to the living room. We turn on the TV and we all fall asleep. So the next morning, we're all sitting at breakfast, the whole family. And my great-grandmother had, I think she was in a wheelchair at that point, had left the room. It's like halfway through breakfast and come back at the end of the conversation. So my grandfather goes, what the hell were you guys sleeping downstairs in the living room for? And my mother's like, oh, you know, it was too hot. And my great, but she stutters when she says it. My grandmother looks at her. And my grandmother's like, there was an air con- like a window, you had an air conditioner. Like, why didn't you yeah. just turn that on? My mom's like, okay, look, somebody opened the sliding glass door. My grandfather's like, what the hell are you talking about? Nobody opened the sliding. She's like, I swear to God, Dad, somebody opened the sliding glass door. And everybody's looking at her, and I'm just like, oh God, everybody thinks my mom's crazy, you know? <laughs> like, what the hell? But my aunt and uncle, my great aunt uncle, who live in that house give each other a look. And I saw that look. Mm. It was a very knowing look that they, mm. they weren't saying something. Mm-hmm. Well, my grandfather catches it too. and puts his knife and fork down and goes, what the hell? What the hell, Marion? What aren't you telling us? She's like, oh, nothing. No, no, everything's fine. All of a sudden, my great grandmother wheels herself back into the, to the table and sits down. She goes, Oh, honey, your grandfather, to my mother, your grandfather loved you. He would never hurt you girls or want to scare you. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the fuck? First of all, she didn't even know what we were talking about. Second of all, okay, sure. She's very old at this point. She was probably in her 90s. I think she passed away very shortly after that. Like, certainly she's crazy. She has dementia. I don't know. I don't believe in this shit at all. I am the biggest skeptic. I will find a scientific explanation for it. I will also say we don't know how energy works. I think that ghosts are most likely, we, time is not the construct we think it is. It's not linear. I think sometimes there's overlaps in what we perceive as time. And I think if someone sees like a ghost walk across the room, I think time just folded on itself. And you're probably literally seeing the lady from her time walking across the room. It was like this mini wrinkle in time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's a movie but, about that. 
let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that book. Let's not talk about the movie. Um, or a book. Yeah, I guess book first. But I yeah. cannot explain to you how that door opened. We, my mother and I still talk about it to this day. My grandmother and my mother and I used to talk about it because my grandmother eventually believed us. Like we both, we went up there, we showed everyone there's no way I could open it. It's so fucking mm-hmm. loud. If my mother did it, my sister couldn't have done it. The door locks in the room. We don't have an explanation. That doesn't mean it's a ghost. But everyone's reaction was very strange. So fast forward to many, many, many years later. Hmm. My great aunt, who gave that knowing look to her husband. Now, they're the ones that lived in that house full time. Okay. She ends up telling me one night, we are sitting in the living room talking. And it was right before the house was sold. And she says, you know, she's looking around because I said, oh, are you going to miss the house? And her and I were pretty close. And she's like, I am. It's a lot of work for us, though. It's too big. Can't handle it. I said, yeah, I get that. And she says, there's a lot of really strange things that have gone on in this house that I can't explain. She goes, for some reason, they never scared me. But I tell you what, there's a lot of things. And I'm like, really? Like what? And she goes, well, ask your mother about the little boy she used to play with in the <laughs> stair landing. And I was like, say what? Uh, <laughs> nah, like all of a no. sudden, it wasn't a cute conversation anymore. I'm like, oh, no. Gosh. I don't want to ask my mother about a little boy she used to play. Cause there's no fucking little boy. I'm trying to think of who in the family. And she looks at me and she's like, don't be scared. It's nothing scary. We'll forget sleeping for the rest of the time <laughs> ever spent in that yeah. house. So apparently it wasn't just my mother. Apparently every generation played with a little boy on the landing of the stairs. And there is a front stairs and there's a servant stairs. Cause it was built back then where mm-hmm. servants had, had their own, like they could get through the entire house without being seen. All right. So this stairwell they're talking about is in the back of the house, and it had this giant, beautiful stained glass window, but it has the least amount of traffic. So, yes. So when they were very little, I think by the time they were four or five, they wouldn't see the little boy anymore. Every generation, except for me, I don't know what's wrong with me, played with the same little fucking boy and they would all explain what the little boy looked like to a T. Thanks, but no thanks. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> good. And we sold the house shortly after that and I was very happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Um, so, oh, I'm wow, good. that was a good <laughs> one. Good stuff. Well, now I won't be able to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> There you All have right. it. Well, that, was, that was fun. Episode. <laughs> Did we scare you? I hope so. Blah. I'm scared. Oh, sorry? I don't know. I think I scared myself. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. Uh, yeah, it's like 11 have... o'clock at night now, and I got to go upstairs. I know. I'm scared. All the way in the basement. <laughs> oh, God. Great. Next year we're really gonna have to top ourselves with something really insane for Halloween because now we've done the the soundtracks, the movies, and the ghost stories. A live show from some haunted place. Oh, listeners, no? if you have any good <laughs> stories you want to share, I'll go ahead and post them on our Facebook group. Yes. Spirit yes. of Rock Podcast Network Facebook. Oh yeah. Touche. We'd Please like to do. hear them. Yes, I think. I don't know. I might be scared. Mm. 
Oh God, Matt, get us out of here so I can go watch some Jeez. Disney movies okay. and cleanse my brain. I don't know if I want to get out of here because now I have to walk a dark hallway <laughs> to my room. Stop talking about dark things. Like it. <laughs> See little like creepy girls at the end of the hallway talking in unison and shit. You know. I think there's a isn't there a little like a four year old boy that you play with occasionally in your yeah he's he's sleeping (laughs) with blood on his hands. (laughs) 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 Oh shit! Well, if you weren't too scared, thank you for sticking around. As always, we hope you enjoyed our discussion tonight as much as we did. And as always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Metal Rock Whiskey. And we also have a super cool Facebook group. We do. Shayla's gonna be What's it called? Some, <laughs> which Shayla's going to be posting some cool Halloween cocktails in. I will. By the way. Yes. Uh, Spirit of Rock Podcast Network. Find us there, please. Ask to join. We will accept you. And follow us individually on Instagram and anywhere on the internets. You can find me at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E Sailor. You can find me at Sailor Retro all over the internets. All right. I'll, I'll pick it up on my own. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I was like, what are you saying? I'm Ed, and you can find me on Instagram <laughs> at uh, Bourbon Geek. Wait, what was your name again? This is Ed, and you can oh, find me on Ed. Instagram at Bourbon Geek. Eduardo. Edward. All right. So, listeners, <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, yes. if you love us, or even just like us, please hit that subscribe button. Do it, or I'll come to suck your blood. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Fuck you, Mandy. Oh, shit. (laughs) Later, everyone. Bye.